Some Greeks who had come to worship at the Passover feast came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Amen, amen, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there also will my servant be. The Father will honor whoever serves me. I am troubled now, yet what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. But it was for this purpose that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd there heard it and said it was thunder. But others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice did not come for my sake, but for yours. Now is the time of judgment on this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. He said this, indicating the kind of death he will die. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Here Jesus speaks to us about the hour, the hour of the Son of Man, the hour when he will face his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. And he's coming very quickly into this hour. The image he uses to describe this hour of his passion and death and resurrection is the image of the grain of wheat. It gets knocked to the ground and it ceases to be what it once was and then becomes something else when it grows. Jesus is moving into this experience for himself, where he's going to be knocked down. He's going to be buried. And he's going to be taken down by the malice of the phony religious leaders. Their malice is very deep. You know, people who are malicious are one thing, but people who are malicious and religious at the same time, they're a whole lot worse because they clothe their malice in piety in appearing pious and sanctimonious, in the acts of religion. They're very dangerous. Their malice is so deep, it's as if their malice has no limit. And Jesus is going to go right into this darkness that is coming forth from the hearts of these malicious and phony religious leaders. They're going to try to destroy him. They want him not around any longer, and his teaching no longer spoken of or accepted by anyone. This is going to be tough. He's going into darkness, into evil itself. But Jesus speaks of this suffering experience of his as something that's going to lead to his glorification. It's something that's going to lead to him bearing more fruit than ever before. As something that is going to lead him, actually, to bring more people together than he ever has. Bringing them together into his goodness. Now, we know from our experience of our faith that this comes forth in the resurrection and the ascension and in the gift of the Holy Spirit. But we see in this moment of the gospel how Jesus moves into this darkness, into this experience of being crushed, of being totally destroyed. You see, everything in the life of Jesus 
can teach us something about how to live. You know, in one way or another, we're all going to go through the same things that Jesus did. We can experience things that crush us and break us and, and seem to knock us down and destroy us. So we should learn from Jesus. And what do we see in Jesus with regard to how he moves through his own experience of being crushed, of being knocked down and destroyed? Well, in the midst of his own darkness that he's experiencing, in the midst of his own pain and anguish, what does he do? He loves. He loves. He moves in the good direction of love. Love for his Father. He says, Father, glorify your name. So right in those words we see that he really loves God the Father. On the cross, he's doing the similar thing when he says, into your hands, Father, I commend my spirit. It's an act of love to the Father. He could have done the opposite. He could have said, I don't want you, Father. But he doesn't say that. He loves him. He says, I love you, Father. He gives himself to the Father. And then he moves also with love in love for people, for one another. He's living the great command. When he says, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. Or even in this gospel, when he talks about how when he's lifted up, he shall draw all people to himself. In other words, he's bringing people into a deeper experience of his divine love. In the midst of his own being crushed, Jesus moves personally in a very good direction, the direction of love. Now, we should try this in our own lives when we go through situations that seem to crush us. I was once listening to a psychologist who was also a priest many years ago at a thing called the World Apostolic Congress on Divine Mercy. It was in Rome in the year 2008. And this priest psychologist gave a talk and he said that when we're going to personally tough times, he said we should try to practice virtuous living, doing stuff habitually that is good, and doing stuff that is good for us and good for others in the midst of our own turmoil will help us to cope with our own turmoil and our own sense of being crushed. Virtuous living. For example, you're being crushed, be like Jesus. Move in the direction of love. You don't have to think about how to remove the situation that's crushing you, but try to move in the direction of love. Try to love God more. Develop a deeper interior life of communion with Jesus. Examine your own conscience, turn away from your sins. Love others and try to help them. Try to make someone else's life a little better. And you can even work in this direction for yourself. You could do something like, do something that helps your health improve, such as exercising or, or just doing some kind of project that keeps your mind creative and active. In the midst of whatever thing that can crush us, we should try to imitate Jesus. He moves in the direction of love. I was talking to a friend of mine recently, we were talking about the experience of going through tough times and that going through tough times can somehow uh, make us better, can purify us. And I asked him, what would be an example of wasting that tough time? So, for example, you go through some tough time that could shape you into a better character, but what could you do that could make, you, make it impossible for you to profit by that sort of purification process? And the answer he gave me was bad behavior. You could give yourself the bad behavior as a way to try to cope with your suffering, and then you won't profit 
by the suffering that has come into your life. You know, people do this. They go through their own darkness, their own being crushed, being knocked down by life or by the malice of others, and they immediately go to bad behavior. They go to drugs, they go to lying, they go to addictions, addictions that are very bad for them. They do all kinds of stuff that ruin their life and their health and cause trouble upon trouble. Well, we don't want to do that. If you've ever done that, you've got to turn away from that and try to respond to the suffering you experience with good behavior. Good behavior towards the mystery of God. Trust in Him more. Love Him more and hope in Him and try to understand His will better. And good behavior toward others by helping others in their own life's journey. Dear brothers and sisters, in whatever suffering we experience, let us try to learn from Jesus. He is the one, the perfect one, who knows how to suffer well. He knows what to do when he has to face suffering, and that's love. Love for God and love for one another. In this way, whatever suffering we experience can make us better. It can purify us. It can make us more fruitful for ourselves and for those around us. God bless you.